Today is my third interview with the 2023 series I'm calling Faithful Everyday Moms. These are women who, like you and I, are not perfect or famous, but just everyday moms growing in wisdom and actively choosing to live out their faith in Jesus and share it with their kids. Please be sure to contact me if you have someone in mind when you think of an everyday faithful mom. Now let's get started. Welcome to the Faithful 31 Moms podcast. Wherever you find yourself today, multitasking or just trying to catch a quiet moment alone, I'm so glad you're here as we learn together how to live out our faith and point our kids to Jesus. Please don't forget to hit the add or subscribe button today so you will always be notified about new upcoming episodes. Faithful 31 Moms is a love worth finding ministry, and I'm your host, Mallory Allen. Hey, friends. Today is our third Faithful Everyday Moms interview, and I have not one, but two moms on with me today. I want to welcome and introduce you to Elizabeth Courtner and Katie Pope Simpson. I'm so glad that you are here. Hey. We're so glad to be here. So I have to uh, say that Katie's name... Katie Simpson. I still call her Katie Pope because it's like one name. We went to college together. Katie Pope. It's like one word. But she is married to Rob, and they have three boys, Grady, Bo, and Parker. And then Elizabeth, who I call Liz, that's what I'll call her today, she's married to Matthew, and she has two kids, Colton and Emma Kate. Why don't we get started? So my first question I like to ask everybody is how do you have your quiet time as a mom? So for me, my quiet time has so greatly changed over the years. When I was new in my walk with the Lord, I felt like I had to sit and read and like go through a specific thing or a specific book or something every morning. And that has really evolved over the years to be more of a the goal of depth rather than just the goal to knock it out. And so um, what I do, I've done this for the last couple of years, is I go through, my church is going through a Bible reading plan. We do that every year. And I listen to the Bible a lot more than I used to. So I listen to it. The reading that we have for that week, usually on Sunday morning is the first time I listen to it while I'm getting ready. um, So that I I really catch a lot of different things doing that. So I listen to it aloud, which is interesting if you think about a lot of the Bible was intended to be heard that way and and listened to. So anyways, I do that, but then I go back and read it to each day. So I like the combination of those two things because let's say there's a day where, you know, I work full time. The kids get up and they're like, I'm in a rush. We were tired from the night before. I don't, I might not read that day, but I've already absorbed it once. So that way I get it twice so that I try to not miss anything. So that's what I do pretty much every day. I love that. What about you, Liz? Yeah, mine's a little bit different. I would say I kind of change it up each year depending on our season of life or what we have going on. This year, I'm doing a Bible reading plan as well, so that's kind of fun. Um, I'm reading through the Bible chronologically. I think it's going to take me longer than a year, though, because I'm trying to really like study it as I go along and understand what certain passages mean with other passages and use online tools and commentaries to kind of really go that level deeper. As far as time of the day, that can kind of vary because it may depend on what we have going on uh, with our family. If I'm getting up and taking the kids to school, that can kind of be like a rush, rush, rush out the door moment. Um, a lot of times I work from home, so I'll have a few minutes in the morning once the kids are gone so I can do it then. I always try to do it before they get home from school, though. I, I usually find a time throughout the day. If not, I'll do it before bed. So just kind of depends on the day. 
Yeah, definitely revolving around having the kids at home. That's usually a common (laughs) answer for sure. Okay, so this is something funny, not really serious. But when I say everyday mom, that phrase, what comes to your mind? What would you say makes you an everyday mom? So I, when I think about this, this is kind of not a story about me, but it kind of is. So my sister, I have an older sister, and she also has three sons. And when I was in college, once I went to visit her, and there was a pair of tiny little boy underwear in her ceiling fan. And I was like... <laughs> Why are there a t- why is there a pair of tiny little boy underwear in your ceiling man? She's like, "Oh, it's fine." And she just walked off and I thought, "What is that?" <laughs> well, now that I have three boys, I get it. So like <laughs> the ceiling fan with a, a, having a pair of underwear in it is a total possibility in my house. So totally yeah. normal. Okay. <laughs> my everyday mom is probably a little bit related. I think of Legos. I think of like little pieces of American Girl stuff that is everywhere. It's all in my car. It's in places that it shouldn't be. And I also think of leggings and messy buns. I don't know why, but I just think like that's the look of the moms <laughs> these days. You know? Yes, just yeah. living in our yoga. Yeah. Making it work. Yeah. Yep. I totally get it. (laughs) Okay. So we are going to talk about some more serious things today, but those are just fun ways for y'all to get to know Liz and Katie a little bit more. So specifically today, we're talking about being content in the stage of having school-aged children, whether you're homeschooling them or you're sending them to school, that pre-K through elementary years um, is where we're kind of landing because that applies to all three of us. But you may be listening and you say, well, I have babies right now. I don't have any older kids or I have kids that are in high school or they're grown. So this episode isn't going to be for me. But before you turn that off, that is not going to be the case because in any stage of motherhood, I think that we all find ourselves, you know, wishing that our kids were little again, or we find ourselves wanting them to be a little bit older and a little bit more independent so we can go to the bathroom by ourselves um, or something like that. But, you know, we always have to, in every stage, learn how to be content in where we are in motherhood. So our first question today is going to be for you, Katie. It is, why do you think that we struggle as moms to be content with the stage that our kids are in? I think when they're babies, it's it's hard because you're just getting used to the whole thing. And you have a lot of you have more seemingly more anyways control because you're able to control their schedule. You're able to control when they sleep, when they do things. And so the older they get, the less control you have. Um, and I think the older they get, the more you realize, do we even really ever have control? But um, you also go through this phase of having to kind of identify yourself. Okay, so once they go to school, am I homeschooling them? Am I sending them to school? What kind of school are we choosing? Um, Am I going to work full time? Am I going to work part time? Um, You know, you just kind of have to look at yourself and go, okay, now I'm sort of redefining how I view myself and what I want to do as a career or or with my time um, each day. And so, yeah, I think that it's it's both of those things that you're kind of juggling. And so it's easy to look back on that time and maybe go, you know, oh, that was every, everything was the same every day. I knew kind of what to expect. And now it feels a lot more open and a lot has to change, I guess. So, yeah, like they needed you physically, mm-hmm. but 
when they don't need you as much physically to like put on their clothes or they're at school and you're at home or something like that. It's like they suddenly need you in like a different way. Yeah. They need you emotionally and spiritually and they need you to help them work through maybe sin struggles or things that they're trying to figure out about themselves, their passions and kind of teaching them how to manage, you know, life. Yeah, it's weird when they can, like, have, like, semi-adult conversations with you, isn't it? It's like that moment when they can play a board game. You know, I feel like that's the (laughs) defining moment. Like, you're like, oh, we can have fun now. Like, (laughs) I cannot worry about you grabbing that dice and choking on it. Like, we're going to have a fun night together. So So true, so true. It comes with a lot of of, of fun, too. So, anyways. (laughs) So, Liz, what is something that you really like about this stage of having school-age kids? Well, my kids are getting even older My son is in fifth grade and my daughter's in third grade. So we're slowly creeping towards the middle school phase. So we're upper elementary right now. Um, But I've really enjoyed their independence. Each year is just so much more fun than the year before because they've learned new things. They have new skills. That also comes with different control issues. You know, when they're a toddler, they can't articulate what they want, but when they get older, they can articulate it. And it's a little bit harder because you have to reason with them a little bit and they may not have the mindset to be able to understand all the reasons. So one of the things that we have been working on is just talking through friendships and, you know, just difficult change of life things. Both of my kids changed schools this year. So we're just, you know, really adjusting to a new season of life for them. But it's created really good conversations about what it's like to be a new person in a situation. You know, both of them have never really had to have much change. We've lived in the same house. They've gone to the same church and until this year gone to the same school. So they've really not had a lot of big life change. So this has been good for them to kind of put themselves in other people's shoes a little bit more and learn a little bit more of empathy. So yeah. So what are some examples of some of those conversations that you're having with them at like the age that they are now? I would say for my daughter, we have a lot of conversations about friendships. Um, Girls and friends, just even early on, can be really, really crucial for their lives. Um, Whether or not they really enjoy their friends or they're trying to figure out the dynamics and how close they are to their friends, you know, they're just kind of always judging that because a girl can kind of really see a friendship through a different lens than a boy can. If if my son has a good day or a bad day based on if he caught a football, you know, or if he, he shot the basketball and scored at yeah. recess, you know, that's his, his measure of a good day. That's not my daughter's measure of a good day. How many people talked to her? Who, you know, interacted with her that day? So it's just a very different um, kind of conversation based on our, our genders. But for my son, he's had a hard time with like owning up to things. So he's kind of been blaming a lot of people for his problems instead of taking ownership. So that's been the main thing that we've been working on with him of owning your own sin and just confessing it both to each other and to the Lord. Yeah. Are both of them, have they both accepted Jesus? They have. My son was six when he accepted Christ and my daughter accepted Christ last year. So they both have been baptized and have made that decision for themselves. That's awesome. And that is another level of maturity for sure, because I have one that has and one that hasn't, you know, so that's definitely a milestone for sure in those conversations. So Katie, you mentioned earlier about when the kids go to school, you said something basically like you have to kind of redefine your purpose, what you're going to do, if you're going to homeschool, that can become your full-time job. Or if you're going to send the kids to school, you know, what do I do now while they're there? Am I going to go back to work? Am I going to stay home? And just struggling with 
the ability to find contentment with that, I think, and just that change. And so when we were talking about this, you said, you know, when they need you in the little years, you know, you kind of know their schedule, you know, they physically need you for like, they're going to eat every three hours. And, you know, you can kind of plan like that. But then when they get older, you know, all of a sudden you're getting birthday party invitations. They're playing Little League and oh, yeah. you're having VBS. And then you've got things if you're working for yourself. You said uh, your husband's in school, right? Yeah. So Rob's in school. And there's just a lot more going on oh, yeah. as far as the schedule goes. Oh, yeah. And so you kind of have to learn what your priorities are going to oh, be. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so, like, could you share with us a little bit about the transition of that in your home and kind of how y'all started to work on that? Sure. Um, so in our family, my husband is a pastor, so we have a lot that we deal with with him being in ministry and then also just being a part of our church. And then I work full time and then he's in school and our kids do have a social life already. It's like, oh, here we are, guys. <laughs> you know, I, you want them to have friends and then it's like, oh, man, they got friends. They got to go to stuff. So, like, that's great, you know, but it's also you have to, I think, with your spouse, really have a proactive conversation and go, okay, what do we want our future goal to be? What is the end game for us? And what are we hoping to grow our children in so that they become and end up a certain way? Um, And so with a big, big, big factor in that is how we use our time. And so I think that as humans, it's just natural for us to you know, let time kind of sweep us up and our schedule to just be decided for us by whatever we're asked to do. But I think it's so important, the older your kids get for you and your spouse to sit down and go, what do we want to spend our time doing? And so like for us, we may be, my oldest son especially is super athletic. He's like, amazing and really into every sport. He would play sports every day, all day if he could. Um, And so, but even with that, we have to kind of go, okay, are we going to be run by an athletic schedule? Are we going to do that all year, every day, every season of every sport? Um, And that may be a way, I mean, I think there's a great um, opportunity for your family to come together around sports. I think they're a wonderful opportunity for you to minister to your community and to other families and get to know other people. And it's also not to mention all the health components and, um, you know, social components for your child, but you also kind of have to go, do I want church to be a big part of our life? Do I want to be missing church to do sports? And for our family, we kind of have had to already, I mean, last year, my son was in first grade and we already had to go, do we want to miss baseball practice to go to church or are we going to miss church to go to baseball practice? And we kind of had to go, well, no, I mean, we're going to never, we're not going to miss church. So that was a priority that we had to kind of have a proactive conversation about and set and say, we, I mean, and we're still in the early years of that. I mean, as they get bigger, you are faced with that a lot more. And so at this stage, I think is your first step dipping a toe in the water of that and kind of deciding what runs your life and what your schedule revolves around. And the same is true with friendships. Do we go to every birthday party? We try to go to the ones that are close friends from church, for sure, close friends that we have um, at school, for sure. Um, But sometimes we can't because we have other, you know, things that are important to our family. Yeah, absolutely. And I think 
you're a social person. You always have been. I mean, I've I known you. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, to say no to things is hard. It is hard. Yeah. It is hard to do that. But it's necessary. Absolutely. And then it, we may be talking and mom listening is like, well, I'm an introvert. And so I have a child that's an extrovert that wants to go to everything. And so they have to figure out that balance. And so I love what you said. That's super great advice is, like, pick your priorities and they're going to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the Lord needs to stay on the top. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Liz, what is a challenge that you would leave with a mom that's listening today? Does, you want her to make sure that she hears this above all else on the podcast today. I have a few more years of being the primary discipler in my kids' lives, and my goal will be to disciple them through the rest of their lives. But I know that my influence in how much they listen to me is going to change and morph over the next few years as they become teenagers. That's just natural. Most teenagers listen to their friends or to other people in their lives, their coaches, um, hopefully their church leaders. So it is so important to keep those priorities in line when they're little so that we can um, allow other people to speak into their lives and speak the truth of scripture into their lives. So we just try to surround ourselves with people who will continue to do that for our kids, um, whether it be extended family or um, just church friends and family and other close friends that we have in town that that really do make that difference for them. So um, that's the challenge, though. Overall, I would leave is to realign your life according to scripture. Yeah, absolutely. If you're in the word, it will just overflow into your kids and um, really point them the right direction and give them that foundation that you want them to have. But thank you all so much for coming on. This has been so much fun having some of my college buds on here with me. (laughs) It's been so fun. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Yes. And if you have a mom you're listening that is coming to your mind that maybe you've known for years, maybe it's somebody that's discipled you, maybe it's a friend that you have that you think of when I say the phrase faithful everyday mom that would be willing to share um, their story on the podcast, or maybe it's you. Maybe you have a story that you want to share that something the Lord has taught you in motherhood. Would you please do me a favor and send me an email or you can message me directly on social media. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your suggestions and all that contact information can be found on the show notes. But I also want to ask you one more big favor today. If you're listening, maybe you're an Apple podcast person, Spotify, or however you listen to your podcasts, would you do me a favor and just leave a quick rating on the podcast? You know, like the little stars, all you have to do is fill them in. Or if you have a minute more, just um, write me a review. That It would be so appreciated and so helpful to help other moms find this podcast ministry. Thank you again, Liz and Katie, for joining me. And if you have enjoyed this episode, please remember to follow me at Faithful31Moms on Instagram. Thanks for listening. And remember, keep up the good work of pointing your kids to Jesus.